So later this afternoon, we will gather here about four o'clock and we will start setting up and decorating for Christmas. It always feels too early for me because it is still November and I'm still very full from my Thanksgiving lunch. Uh, I haven't eaten all the leftovers yet. I'm not ready to move on to Christmas. And yet we know, we know that Christmas is coming. And when it gets here, this place will be beautiful. We'll take the fall ornaments out, fall decorations out. We'll bring in the Christmas flowers. Everything is going to look absolutely beautiful. We will celebrate together. We will sing those great songs together. We'll enjoy the lights. We'll enjoy the sounds. And so we begin now, we begin today, lighting the first candle of Advent, preparing not just the place, but preparing our hearts, preparing our, our hearts to come together. It always feels like Christmas sneaks up on me. I don't know, is it just me? But it feels like Christmas sneaks up. It shouldn't, it shouldn't sneak up on us. I mean, it's right there on the calendar. I counted, it's 27 days away, less, less than a month, 27 days away. Of course, Trisha's birthday is on Tuesday and that's sneaking up on me too, by the way. So I haven't got that figured out yet either. But uh, and, and I've been celebrating Christmas a lot longer than I've been celebrating Trisha's birthday for that matter. So, but, uh, you know, it shouldn't sneak up on us. It's right there on the calendar. Um, the weather reminds us, you know, I noticed the day is pretty cold when I got up this morning and we're going to start seeing some of that white stuff sooner or later. We'll see some of that. And then my neighbors were putting up some lights last night. So that kind of reminds us the guys were out putting up lights uh, yesterday I saw out around town over the weekend they were putting the lights up and then you know uh, Mariah Carey is going to start reminding us any day now I don't know if she already has but you know for the next 27 days you're going to hear Mariah Carey every hour on the hour reminding you again and again and again that Christmas is coming and yet there's this there's this feeling I have every year that I'm not prepared for this I'm just not ready for Christmas I'm not ready for the holiday and and in some years, I'm not ready for the joy. I'm not ready to change my mood and change my attitude and move into a time of joy, to move from the bleakness of November into the light of December. That's, that's a hard shift for anyone, and it feels like it might be even a harder shift this year. This might make, a, might make for a difficult shift this Christmas this year. This, it's been a rough year. It's been a, a difficult year. This hasn't been 2021 as much as it's been 2020 part two, you know? We've, we've had just the same stuff all over again. I think about a year ago when we decorated for Christmas, uh, Pam Harmon was here with us, and Pam was telling us where everything went. You know, she was guiding us and making this place look pretty, and Pam, Pam organized everything and got us all ready to go, and, and then when it came time to take stuff down, Pam was sick. And we said, we'll take it down for Pam. And, and a little less than about a month later, we were mourning the loss of Pam. We grieved our loss. We grieved other losses. And now we've got a new variant that we've got to be concerned about. And so we might be wondering what's ahead, what's next. And it may seem to us that 27 days might as well be a world away. It might as well be an eternity from where we are right now. We open our Bibles to the Christmas story every year this time. We, we open our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Wait a minute. Why do we open our Bibles to Luke chapter 2? Why don't we go to Luke chapter 1? We, we always manage to skip Luke chapter 1. Well, we, 
we pay a little bit of attention to Luke chapter 1. We go to, we go to the uh, announcement of, to Mary, and we go to Mary's song, the Magnificat. We read that, and we pay attention to that. We pause there, uh, but we move very quickly into Luke chapter 2 to the Christmas story. But earlier in Luke chapter 1, we have the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. You know, the story doesn't begin just nine months before the birth of Jesus. It, it begins earlier with Zechariah... <laughs> Zechariah in the temple, not, not Mary and Joseph and, and the baby in the manger, but Zechariah in the temple and Elizabeth, his wife, and a very hard shift that they had to make from a life of disappointment, uh, from a life of pain, uh, to a life of anticipation and a life of hope. We're going to look at part of their story today, Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 17. It's page 855 if you want to follow along in those blue Bibles. If you've got the Bible app, I put the text there for you. So today we'll, we'll put the tree up. We've just got a tree stand right now, but we'll have the rest of the tree here. We'll set out the nativity, all the little tiny pieces, even the red dragon. We'll get it all out and we'll get the nativity ready to go. But before we do that, we, we need to find our hope. And our hope is not in those boxes over there. How do we prepare ourselves? How do we prepare ourselves for what Christmas brings? Rather than begin with Mary and Joseph in the manger, we begin with with Zechariah in the temple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And we hear a promise that was made to these two people who had long ago given up hope. I want to begin with the first three verses. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. In the, days of, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. He had a wife from the daughter of Aaron's, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Just three verses. And you see the pain that's there in those verses already. You can tell there's something missing here in this couple's life. And maybe this isn't just their story, though. Maybe it's our story. Maybe it's your story. Maybe it's my story. Maybe it's about us coming to the understanding, coming to the realization that there is a need in your heart that only God knows how to meet. And you look at Zechariah and Elizabeth, and on the surface, they've got it all together. They have got so much going for them. Zechariah has a great job. He's a priest. He's a priest serving in the temple in Jerusalem. His wife, in fact, his wife Elizabeth, is from the priestly line. She is from the line of Aaron. She's a daughter of Aaron the priest. And so it's like they're doubly blessed. And when we meet them, Zechariah is having uh, the experience of a lifetime. He has been chosen to enter the holy place in the center of the temple, to enter the holy place right before the Holy of Holies. And it's going to be his duty to, to offer the incense on the offer, uh, on the altar, in the very, near the very presence of God. This was, a, this was a duty that a priest would only get once in their lifetime. You only did it once if you were chosen to offer incense on the altar. His entire life, his entire career has led up to this moment. We pick it up in verse 8, reading verses 8 through 10. 
Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So as Luke paints this picture for us, everything looks perfect. From the outside, everything looks perfect. The multitude have gathered outside the temple. They are praying for Zechariah as he goes in to offer the incense. But on the inside, Zechariah and Elizabeth are in, are in turmoil. And while he stands there next to that, next to that veil, where behind that is the Holy of Holies, behind that is the very presence of God, I have to be thinking that Zechariah is wondering, where is God really? Where is God in, in my life? Luke records this. Luke is a doctor. And Luke at times can be very clinical in his reporting. And he reports the problem that, that this couple have had. He says that Elizabeth is barren and they are well advanced in years. For this couple, it's not just the pain of being childless. Every Jewish woman hoped. Every Jewish woman hoped that somehow their child, their son, could either be the Messiah or lead to the Messiah. That somehow their son would be part of the plan to save their people. That her son would rescue their people. But with no child being barren, there was no hope for them. We've all got those hopes. We've all got those hopes that are locked away inside of us until, until our hopes become hopeless. You know, we, we try to fix our problems. We try to fix ourselves. We try to fix our friends. We try to fix our family. We try to fix our kids. We try to fix our relationships. We struggle with, with addictions. We struggle with bad habits. We struggle with bad attitudes. And we tell ourselves, we tell ourselves, this time I'm going to get it right. This time I'm going to get it fixed. This time I'm solving this problem. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to start doing this. Everything's going to be fine this time. Like Elizabeth and Zechariah, from the outside, everything can look perfect, but inside we're struggling. Inside we're, we're dying. You know, that's, that's the place, that's exactly the place where God can meet us at that point when we realize what we can't do for ourselves. At that point, we can realize what God can do for us. Look on in verses 11 through, or just 11 and 12. So he's in the, he's in the holy place. Offering the incense. And there appeared an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. It's a fascinating detail that Luke gives us here. He tells us exactly where the angel was standing. The angel was standing in Zechariah's way. <laughs> He was standing in his way. Just imagine my little table here is the table where Zechariah is preparing the incense. And over here where you are, this is the Holy of Holies. And so the altar of incense is right here in front. Zechariah is over here preparing the incense, getting it all ready. He turns to offer it on the altar. And there on the right side of the altar, blocking his way is the angel of the Lord. Right there in his way to where he cannot take another step and do this thing that he is prepared to do. That's what God does. He shows up in a place that just interrupts us. 
He, he loves to interrupt what we're doing. He loves to interrupt what we've got planned out. He shows up in places we least expect him. And I wonder, I wonder if, I wonder if you've given God permission to do that. Have you told him you're okay with that? Showing up in that place that, that things aren't perfect. Showing up in that place where, where you don't expect him. Showing up in your pain, showing up in your sickness, showing up in the middle of your grief, showing up in the middle of your loss, showing up in the middle of that hurt that you've kept to yourself for so long. What, what if God showed up there? What if God showed up not in the place where we had gotten everything right, where we got ourselves together, where we're good, but if He showed up in that place where He just has to interrupt us and step in anyway? That's where He met Zechariah. And that's where he meets so many people. And the beautiful thing is, when God meets you in that place, your fear will turn to joy. When God meets you in that place, your fear will turn to joy. Again, look at verses 11 and following here. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Do not be afraid. You know that's the most common command in the Bible, right? Most common command of all. Do not be afraid. Everything else, above everything else that we know that God commands in His Bible, all the things that He tells us that we have to do, and all the things that he tells us not to do, all the times that we think, well, he's just out to spoil my fun because I want to do these things and, and God won't let me. Above all else, he doesn't want you to be afraid. And the only way he can command that is if he knows what it is that terrifies you. The only way he can command you to not be afraid is if he knows the things that haunt you, if he knows your problems, if he knows your pains, I've said many times, God cannot, God would not command us to do something that we cannot do. And if you're at a place where you, you can't stop the fear, if you're at a place where you can't find the peace, where you can't see the hope that He's given you, there's a good chance it's not because He hasn't provided. It's because we haven't given that fear to Him yet. We haven't turned that over to Him yet. Again, picking up in verse 13, the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And, he will, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth, for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the Father to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom and the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. You hear echoes of, of that passage in Malachi that I read earlier as we, as we look at that. But there's a question I've always had about this verse, about this passage. The angel says to Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. Your prayer. Singular. Your prayer. Not you and Elizabeth. Not your prayers together. But he just says your prayer has been heard. And I wonder, 
Was this just Zechariah's prayer? Was this not Elizabeth's prayer? The prayer for a son? Well, Luke's already told us that she was barren. She herself was barren. And Luke's told us that both of them were advanced in years. And I have to know there came a time in Elizabeth's life when she realized that this ship had sailed. That the possibility of a child was no longer there. She knew that in her body, that that, that possibility had come to an end. She knew, I can't have a child now. She felt that on the inside. But the angel says to Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Did Zechariah keep praying? Your prayer has been heard. And that Elizabeth will be blessed because of his prayer. Sometimes it's not about you. (laughs) Sometimes it's not about your hope. Sometimes your hope is right where it needs to be. Your hope is firm. Your hope is secure. You've got a good grasp on your hope. Sometimes it's about the hope of someone you love, someone you care about, someone you worry about, someone you lose sleep over. And there may be someone on your heart who thinks that their hope is dead. Who thinks that they are hopeless. Who cannot see a way out. Who cannot see a way through. Who cannot see a way around their problem. Someone who's thinking to themselves, this is my reality. I can't change it. This is who I am. This is the way my life is going to be. And they've given up hope and they've stopped praying because they think this is just how it's going to be. And I'd encourage you, Never stop praying for those people who think that hope is gone. Never stop praying for someone who's stopped praying for themselves. Never stop praying for them. God's promise is still there. Look again at verse 14. The angel says to Zechariah, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now, this is still pre-Christmas story. We're going to get into Christmas story in a couple of weeks and someone's going to share a little bit about the angels and the shepherds, right? Someone's going to have to talk about the angels and the shepherds. And there in the, in the heart of the Christmas story, we've got the story of the angels coming to the shepherds. And what do the angels say? The angels say, do not be afraid. Fear not, right? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Great joy that will be for all people. But before then, before before Christmas gets unpacked, before trees get put up and boxes get opened up. It's joy for Zechariah. And it's joy for Elizabeth. The fear not is for them. God does that. He works His joy into the lives of individuals. He brings them out of fear. And as He does that, He blesses whole families. He blesses communities. He blesses whole churches by by what He brings them through. When God meets you in that place, when God meets you in that place, your fear will turn to joy. And even for those in our lives, those who are hopeless, He restores hope and He brings joy. The hard part for us can be letting Him do that and trusting Him to do that. You know, we we will get together today and we will set up the tree, right? We will unpack the boxes. We will put all the little pieces out that go on the nativity. We will put the flowers where they belong. We will make this place look beautiful. We will string the lights. We will do that. And we get it in our head that if it's going to get done, we've got to do it. We have to do it ourselves. There's some things only God 
can do for us. And when He does those things, He does them beautifully. He does them perfectly. And when He comes, fear retreats. And in its place, we find joy. And so today, before we get the decorations out this afternoon, before we make this place look like Christmas all over again, my question for you is to consider this. What are you trying to do for yourself that only God can do for you? What is it you're trying to do for yourself that only God can do for you? Are you trying to save yourself? Are you trying to fix yourself? Are you trying to find your own happiness instead of seeking His joy? Are you trying to make your own forgiveness? Are you trying to find your own hope, find your own peace? The same God who told Zechariah and Elizabeth to fear not, to not be afraid, that same God says the same thing to us as well. And the joy that began with them becomes our joy, becomes your joy. There may be a hope. There may be a hope that you held on to for a very long time. A hope that you feel died long ago. But today, and today maybe you're thinking that there's no way out of this. There's no way over this. I can't get beyond this hopelessness. I can't get beyond this pain, this failure. But then that voice comes back again that says, fear not. There's a Savior who stands ready to bring life and bring hope. We're going to take communion here in a moment. And it is a reminder of the price of our hope. It is a reminder of the, uh, of the price that was paid for each one of us. It's also a reminder that we, we do this together. Every now and then we'll take communion to shut-ins. You know, We'll take communion to someone. We used to be able to take them to people in the hospital. We've got to be careful about that now, those kind of things. Uh, I always made sure I took communion with the shut-ins. <laughs> I don't think anyone should take communion alone. Uh, I, I would take communion with everybody just to share with them and remind them that as you're seeking hope, I'm seeking hope with you. We are all doing this together. And I think there's a very important lesson for all of us in that. We are all, we are all in this together. We are all seeking the same Savior. We are all seeking the same hope. Let me pray, and then we'll sing a song together and we'll take. Let's pray. Father, we praise You. We thank You so much for Your presence. Thank You for the way that when everything seems hopeless, You're there. Father, we thank You for the way that when everything just seems to be a mess, when the, when the boxes are scattered around, when, when things that have been unpacked have just been scattered, um, and when we've got so much stuff yet to, to clean out and take care of, Lord, You show up. And You somehow make everything beautiful. And you make everything perfect. Lord, we give you our pain. We give you our fears. We give you every moment of anxiety. And we hear those words coming back, fear not. And we know that you give us your hope. Thank you for this bread that reminds us of the, uh, of the price, the, the body that was, that was broken and the blood that was shed, the cup that reminds us of the blood that was shed. As we take today, remind us that we... We don't just take this for ourselves. We take this as a reminder that we are carrying that same hope to others. And someone might need us to say, fear not today. 
and we offer that to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.